Okay, testing one, two, three, one, two, three. This is Andy here, and I'm sitting next to Tommy. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, actually. I'm quite excited about this um, this potentially uh, long-running podcast, uh, depending on how successful we are, because it's the first time I've done one. I've never, ever done anything like this at all. Um, so, yeah, I was saying to you off the microphones, I was actually really, really nervous. Like, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've had little butterflies in my stomach, in my stomach, in my tummy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, now I'm here. I feel relaxed. We're in your studio and, um, well, we're, 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 we're here for each other. You know, I'm here for you. Nice. And ditto likewise. Oh, likewise. thank you. Thank you. Very comfortable. And I feel like, you know, we could, you know, be doing, Providing a service, I hope. Yeah. So what is this thing? I mean, I don't even know how you're going to be listening to this. It might be within some sort of uh, a web page or something or on a Facebook page. But basically what this is, is a men's mental health podcast. So uh, called Man Up. And the reason it's called Man Up is because when you were younger in back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever you're feeling down or whenever you're not showing up, you're told to man up, you know, and that's really associating. It's all, you know, attached to us as males that we need to always be, you know, manned up. We need to be tough. We can't be vulnerable, have to be strong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, men, men like to talk as well. I mean, I know, um, it's a, it's a, you know, a common misconception, but men like to talk about their problems. They need to talk about their problems, but there are a lot of social barriers to that, aren't there? Yeah, you hugely, know? hugely. Um, and so, yeah, man up is like what they'd say, you know, man up, come on now, get on with it. That sort of thing could lead to disaster. And we are going through as a society, a, a crisis in mental health. And although this is a men's um, mental health podcast, obviously applies to women and if you're a woman you know hopefully you'll get something yeah, out of it as please well please don't feel like this is exclusively for men even though we are <laughs> called men up um if you are going through anything and you do feel a way you know please you know we're, we want you involved and we want you to know that it is okay there is there is light at the end of the tunnel i think is the message that we're trying to get out did you just call it men up then men up it's, it's, i thought it was man up i mean men up well, sounds more like a sort of gay i i <laughs> <laughs> Word up, word up. No, sorry, man up. Yes, yes. man up. No, yes. no, that's that's okay. fine. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't really matter. We're what gonna it's call that first podcast nerves. Okay, first jitters. <laughs> we'll get it out of the way in the first one. Yeah, Good. yeah. So anyway, that's enough wittering on. So what um, this podcast is going to be? This first one is going to be a conversation uh, between me and Tommy um, about our stories, about why we have got to this point where um, we feel the need to talk about our stories and, and hopefully help some other people. Um, and then depending on how well this goes, I mean, this could be the one and only podcast that we do. Um, from then onwards, we're going to get some guests in. Um, it could be people who are well-known or it could be people that um, just have a story to tell. And rather than just men, you know, talking about their problems without any answers, the, our aim is to try and come up with some answers as well you know end on a positive note like you say absolutely i mean we all go through well i say we all but i mean the, i think if, if you're listening to this podcast then you probably will have gone through some hard times you may have suffered with depression anxiety and things like this and um i think what we came together for is because we both had two uh, we've started uh journeys of recovery make ourselves feel better and you know we want to know what works and you know how we how it does work so i'm just I'm, try, Sorry. I'm gesturing to tommy to get the mic nearer to his <laughs> to his face and he's just looking at me thinking oh, i'm having some sort of seizure i was wondering if you wanted to interject <laughs> like he must have something really important to say really Sorry. important to say obviously that is the universal signal pointing to your face with a microphone is put the microphone close <laughs> to your mouth tommy Okay, lesson learned. <laughs> oh, oh dear, goodness. we are like like we say, we are amateurs at this. Um, there is a chance we'll be in a bigger studio <laughs> next time. Tommy was being very um, generous by saying he's sitting in my studio. I'm actually sitting in my lounge. 
um come on let's be honest you know if there's microphones there there's a big big speaker over there this is a studio man this is amazing okay it's a studio (laughs) okay well anyway listen let's 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 um let's let's get on with it then um so so why um so the reason because i've known tommy for quite a few years now i haven't seen him for a while but um he's he's a person that's like i associate him with the sort of seen about five or six years ago where we were you know there was a lot of partying a lot of going out festivals and things like that and um he always um on facebook i always see his posts they're always amusing that you know they're always very honest and um i saw recently in the last um few months is it yeah um that he was doing a um a blog um and a very very open and honest blog at that and it really sort of hit me I thought you know I know a lot of people that have gone through the same stuff as me but uh, I didn't realize um Tommy had but it's often the way with um with people that, with, with mental health problems they they're often the most sort of confident outgoing people and then when you hear this sort of backstory of 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 some of the shit that they've been through then you it really you think oh really that person and for me you were you were you were one of those people but at the same time you um there there was there had to be a downside because you lived life sort of quite hard you know and um when i say that i mean you know you (laughs) to say the least (laughs) yeah 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 i mean we but um and so so can you tell us a little bit about your um reasoning for doing this um this blog and you know what that was all about okay so um well, I think uh, going back to what you said, I really, you know, late 20s, early 30s, had a really good time. You know, we're in London, enjoying life to the max. Um, life sort of got in the way, fell in love, had children, became, you know, became the father. Then the relative, it hit me that, you know, I've got two lives to look after. You know, I've got to be this dad. And I, I mean, I've always suffered from... Sounds bizarre. And this is, you know, being the honest again, I've suffered from low self-worth. I've always felt like I wasn't good enough. And um, bringing kids into the world and having that sort of over your head was, it it sort of hit me quite hard. Sorry, excuse me. And um, what I found was that as I was trying to plod along, get ahead and trying to be better for my family, for my children, I, I seemed to get lost more in the reads. The reality of it was is that, you know, I started to eat badly. I started to, you know, drink, sometimes use substances, just, you know, all sorts of things that were very, had just a real adverse effect on who I was. Um, yeah. So um, life sort of, le- you know, left me behind. And um, I just started really trying to think, you know, I don't want to live my life like this. And I definitely don't want my children to see the, you know, a, a father or their their role model, male role model, who can't even look at them in the eye because I just felt so worthless, you know. So it it, it pushed me to sort of try to work harder, try to better myself, to start reading positive stuff, you know, think about what you know I'm, you know, allow myself to be privy to. So reading good books, doing meditation, a bit of exercise, sort of things like that, and it. It, you know, it really has helped me. So in some of my darkest times, meditation, yoga, all, all the things that I never thought I'd be doing as a, you know, 20 year old party boy I'm doing now because the relative it was is that I was in such a dark place. I just didn't, I don't know, something had to change. So, so let's take it back from before you um, did the dead end dad blog mm. um you said the, about the, the low self-esteem and you've always had that is that something that um how is that like affected you um are you saying that you know for me someone says low self-esteem i read under that um as depression that's how I, that's mm. how that's how i think of low self-esteem i think that someone is is feeling depressed because to have um, a low opinion of yourself is is um is not a good place to be yeah. you know and like you know you, you before you sort of 
that people say, you know, try and sort yourself out before you can sort be, yeah. be with anyone else or whatever, you know, yeah. in life. Um, so tell us about when did you start feeling that that those sort of low self-esteem things? I mean, it's um, I think looking back at it, it is something that was with me from when I was quite young, like from teenagers growing up on the estate as I did. It was like a single parent household and we were the poor kids on the estate, you know hand me down clothes that sort of thing and I just think you know my sort of levels of you know how I thought or how I viewed myself from there were quite small I always covered it up with jokes laughter you know uh, music was always an escape I think as is, I think you understand I think one of the reasons that when I first met I was so bowled over by you I saw your flamboyance on stage your musical I said I seem to remember you in your white suit slapping the bass at a warehouse party somewhere just being an absolute rock star and you know and I was doing music at the same time and that was an escape for me you know but after that you know at home or at work just being another you know a number in the system just feeling lost ultimately and um yeah just I, I felt like I didn't have any directional purpose so when you felt at a loss and you felt really down, what, um, how did that make you feel? And, and when, you, you know, what, what, I mean, you know, I'll say if you don't mind talking about it, but that's the whole point of this. So yeah. let's, let's go there. I mean, what, what was, what would you say was your lowest point? Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you asked because, I was, you know, we said that we'd be honest about things and communication has definitely not ever been one of my strong points. So opening up and opening up on a recorded medium is it's a challenge but you know what again like I said if you don't push yourself you don't grow and if you don't sort of grow then you can you know you must do something different and oh man that it feels quite embarrassing to say it now because when you're in the reeds and you can't see all the amazing things that are around you it's really bizarre but I think some of the lowest points for me was I remember sitting on the floor in my, in my house and my youngest, you know, he's only three years old, bless him. And he was like, you know, daddy, let's play and trying to talk to me. And, and I couldn't even make eye contact because I just felt like you deserve better. You deserve someone more, someone that can provide for you more, someone that, you know, isn't going to pass on this sort of, like I felt like a loser. And it was all to do with, I felt like I wasn't earning enough money. I wasn't giving the kids the time they needed because I was working stupid hours to try to make ends meet. And even when I was not making ends meet, it, it became a vicious cycle, you know, a vicious cycle. My wife wasn't happy, which, you know, I don't think anybody wants their partners to be unhappy, but knowing that she wasn't happy added to the sort of woe and the fact that I wasn't communicating with her. She didn't understand what was happening. So she thought I was, I didn't care. She thought that I wasn't trying. And, and it was, I just remember just thinking if I died right now, and it sounds very morbid, but I thought if I died, if I disappeared right now, it would be better for everybody. It would be better for everybody. And the pattern would repeat, you know, I'd come out of it, I'd be in there for, a, you know, it could be a few days, could be a few weeks. Like I mentioned to you like a while ago, the last one was, <laughs> it was a few months and I was just like in a complete funk. And, but you come out the other side, you start to find tools and you start to find things that do help. And then you start to realize the patterns that are forming and oh, hang on a minute, I'm slipping. And, you know, you start to realize you need to start doing the things that work for you. I think everybody's different, but for me, like I said, the the morning meditations, the affirmations, the exercise, you know, and just actually trying to just change slightly how I see things that, you know, I might not have a huge house and lots of money in the bank, but I do have a house. I do have a job. I do have food. And when I wake up and, and, you know, it's Friday night that we're doing this podcast and I know that tomorrow morning I'm not at work and I know that my two young boys, my little babies are going to jump in bed and have cuddles with daddy and 
that sort of thing just absolutely it fills my heart and it gives me that sort of the get up and go you know but have you ever um so you're saying all these great things that you're doing um and they're obviously working for you um mm. but have you ever actually tried to get um professional help in any way has that ever yeah. crossed your mind or see this is um see other again you know we we're talking about stigma earlier about you know getting help and going to see doctors and taking medicines and things like that and i you know there's a lot of addiction in my family and you know members of my family have also suffered with depression and have been put on antidepressants and have become addicted to it. And, you know, I'm very, I've always been very aware and scared if I'm honest of, you know, falling in and, and doing the same thing. Are you actually scared of the word, you know, cause when I said, you said low self-esteem, but you didn't say depression. Mm. Are you actually scared of that word? I think I used to be very much so. And I think until, you know, probably just over a year ago when actually it came out to, you know, with my wife that I was depressed and I told her I was suicidal and I didn't want to be there and I wanted her to find somebody else. And, you know, the realization that it was like, fuck, <laughs> this is fucking real. Like, this is real. And this isn't just something that happens to other people. This is something that I'm living and whether I like it or not, it's not just me that's living with it, but my family as well. And to a certain point, my friends, because a few of my friends would say, you know, it's like, it's like the lights are on, but you know, no one's home. They'd come and talk to me, always sit down and I'd try to put the mask on and it wasn't working. They would see right through it. So, you know, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Yeah, it was something that, you know, like a lot of people, I did have a stigma to it. You know, I can't be depressed. I'm, I'm Tommy. I'm, I, I was Kizzy Black. I was a musician. I'm flamboyant. I'm the party guy. But the reality of it was that a lot of that was a, a massive front to cover up the fact that I was, I was, you know, pulls deep in it. <laughs> To be honest with you. <laughs> so, 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 but you've never, so when you say, um, cause I asked you about getting professional help and, yeah. and you said, because, you know, you didn't want to sort of admit to it and, and you didn't want to get, um, be on sort of strong drugs and all that. Yeah. Did you not ever think about other forms of professional help, such as therapy or yeah. some, something like that? Well, it's bizarre because I remember you talking about like the lowest times and I remember once I was, um, I was strolling around my hometown of Watford and uh, I was in a haze and I knew I was in a really bad way, a really bad way. And I I actually walked all the way to the doctors because I was like, this is the day that I'm actually going to go into the doctor's surgery and just say, look, I feel like I'm at rock bottom. I don't think I can go on. I'm scared that I'm going to do something stupid. I am scared that I'm going to do something stupid because... The reality of it is, is that I am depressed. I'm very depressed and I feel suicidal. I don't think I could have done it. You know, they say, you know, I don't know. I've heard people say, I'm not good. I'm not brave enough to do it, but I don't think that's what it is. It's, I think I was, I'm lucky enough to have that, to hold on to the kids that, you know, that those are my reason to continue. But, um, I ended up walking to the doctor and I was like, okay, I will go in there and I will sort of say, like, I need to speak to somebody. And sod's law, it was closed that day. <laughs> I'd, oh, I'd gone, God. I walked in and it was closed. Oh, I think it was a weekend. Man. And I was like, you know, what is this a sign that I need to just try to deal with it myself? And, yeah, you know, um, and I've, you know, I've done couples counseling with the wife and stuff and, you know, all these sort of small things that have helped. But what, what um, so you, you talked about, you spoke about um, with your son and the sort of low points and mm. that. How how else um, has it sort of reared its ugly head in 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 everyday life? Because I because uh, tell us about the the lottery ticket um, story. <laughs> yeah, it's again you know speaking about you know triggers and recognizing behaviors. I am um, I 
it's bizarre. I know the lottery, you know, is, they call it, it's an idiot tax. They say, you know, I don't really believe in it. I don't buy them. But when I'm feeling low or when I start to turn, you know, and I didn't really realize this until, you know, I feel like maybe six months ago that I buy lottery tickets and I'm, you know, in my head, it's like, right, if I win the lottery, because I will, if I buy a lottery ticket, I'll win all the money and then I can look after everybody. I'll be happy. There'll be no worries of finances and I can stop working. I'll have more time with the kids and the wife and, and I'll buy them and I'll buy them like two, three, four times a week. And they sit in my wallet. I fold them up and they sit in my wallet. And, um, but I, I never check them. I don't check them. I, bizarrely, I don't check them. That's really weird. It's, it's bizarre. It's a really weird pattern, but this is what I do. And I'll, <laughs> and until I sort of make the turning point and I sort of, you know, you know, get my head back above water. And I, you know, it was laugh. I was laughing about it the other day because I pulled them out and had three months worth of lottery tickets. This was just like, a, you know, a few days ago. And I checked them obviously then because I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't need a lottery win. I'm, I'm good. I can see the positives. I can see all the great things I've got in my life and I'm grateful for them. And, and, you know, I think gratitude is a massive thing for me. Um, I'll check them. I'll see that I've not won the lottery. I've spent loads of money on lottery tickets. But that's the pattern for me. And that's when I sort of know that I'm coming back out of, you know, the the shadows or the darkness and the depression is sort of subsiding and I'm, you know, getting back to my normal self. And um, yeah, so that's that's my pattern of when I fall into it. I've got lots of unchecked lottery tickets in my wallet. I've got a big fat wallet, not of money, but of lottery tickets. And uh, I don't know if it's, uh, it's almost like something to hold on to. I hope, I think for me that, okay, I won't check them, but I could be a millionaire and I could change the kids' lives. and I could change my wife's life for the better and my family. And, you know, I could look after everybody. And it's that could be, it's that something to hold on to. It's almost like I'm clinging on to something just to sort of get through another day and I'll plod on at work <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, life is, it. life is this and I'm, this is rubbish, but it's that little bit of hope, you know, and that's that. Yeah. That's where the lottery ticket thing comes from. So, I mean, you know, cause we've got fa fairly limited time, but I mean, yeah. but so, so this is quite a big question. So let's, let's keep it relatively short, but I cool. mean, where, where do you, cause you mentioned your, your childhood and not having sort of much and mm. uh, that sort of thing in your head, you know, without getting too sort of therapists about this, yeah. where, where do you think it comes from? Because there are a lot of different theories on anxiety and depression. Some of them are that it's you know, hereditary, uh, there's post -tra traumatic problems mm. there, you know, uh, um, things that happen in people's childhoods, um, physical injuries can cause de yeah. depression and anxiety, lots of <clears throat> things. What in your, you know, you've obviously thought about it a lot. What, what do you think is, as, as, as sort of, why are you, 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 have you been acting in that way? Do you think? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. And oh crikey. I don't think I can put my finger on one thing, but I think there's, you know, there's many variables, many variables. I think, I said growing up when I grew up, um, being one of only two black kids on, you know, an estate, being different, knowing I was different. Um, again, you know, broken home. <laughs> what sort of go on, yeah, when you say so, broken go on. Yeah, so like, you know, my mum and dad were not together when I was younger. Um my mother used to drink a lot. So my sister and I really had to fend for ourselves. So it was a lot of growing up. We saw a lot of things that we shouldn't have seen really growing up, but it's all stuff that you sort of sweep under the carpet as normal when, when you don't know any difference. Um, and I just think, you know, a lot of that just led to a lack of self-confidence and a real fear of trying to do anything like, cause just actually believing that I wasn't good enough, you know, so things that I wouldn't go for job interviews, I wouldn't, you know, try to progress on corporate ladder, you know, because I wasn't good enough. That sort of thing didn't happen to people in my family, you know, and watching, I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, a lot of the, of our friends, 
blessed with people that are doing so, so well in their lives. And, you know, from the outside looking in, they've got it all together and, you know, everyone's got their story, but you know, you know what I mean? It's like watching all these things and just being like, why am I not doing that? Or why can't I do that? That's, that's a, and, that's a common theme. You yeah. know, that, I mean, that, I personally think the sort of social media pressures, especially on young people, is a big part of of of, of definitely yeah. anxiety and you know and yeah. suicide rates. You know, it's, it's that thing that you know my life's great, and but it is just a story. You know, you say, yeah. you know, everyone's got their problems, and and that person with a great job might have like a shit marriage, or they might yeah. have a, they like a health problem or something like that. But because we put these. Um, hyper real stylized stories or online it's like the highlights isn't it yeah. we put the highlights up we don't yeah. show you the you know the the reality of it all yeah. and i think you know hence why the dead end death thing came about and you know when we were talking to you and like i'm really interested to hear your story because like some of the things that you've said i'm like i can relate and my you know and really didn't like you said i didn't expect you ever to fall into the same brackets of me or feel depression or anxiety because like I said all my memories of you festivals and watching you perform live with your band the flamboyancy and the you know the 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 eccentricity and the confidence it just you know it you well that we're quite similar in that in in that sense of sort of putting out that that confidence and and and, you know but um I mean I guess if you're if we were two superheroes and you know, you'd be captain depression and I'd be, you know, <laughs> doctor, doctor anxiety. Or, do you know what I mean? Oh my so, gosh. But so, there's the t-shirts. We need that. There's the t-shirts. I'm, Merchandise is on the go already. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks mate. <laughs> captain depression. Sorry. Thanks. Uh, Thanks doctor anxiety. <laughs> Appreciate that. Actually doctor depression is better because at least it's a double, double D. D. Double yeah. D. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, in terms of the, like the, the depression thing, um, I don't think I've ever really suffered from that, but anxiety. Okay. So I, um, in my mid twenties, mm-hmm. I, I went to, um, uh, I went to a music shop and bought this, huge bass amp and i i was so excited because i just got paid and i had the flu at the time but i wanted this thing i was really feeling quite physically ill and because i didn't have the money for the taxi from the bus stop to my house so i carried it home it was a massive bass amp and i mm. um it was the first time in my life when i felt like my body had sort of failed me mm. and my reaction to it was to have uh, a panic attack now at the time I didn't know it was a panic attack. I thought I was dying. As most people that have panic attacks will tell you, that yeah. you you think you're dying. I thought I had a heart attack. So it got to the point where um, I called, well, I got my housemate to call an ambulance. I ended up going to hospital. But even, even in the ambulance going there, they knew exactly what it was. They gave me a paper bag. And a common thing that happens when you've got a panic attack is they'll give you a paper bag to breathe into, breathe in and out. And, you know, that regulates your breathing, gets more oxygen in and, you, you know, you feel better. But from that moment in my life, um, I sort of lost my immortality, you know, and I I started to because um, normally after a panic attack, you, you get anxious that another one's going to going to happen. Right. So in gradually in came that anxiety. So um it would often come at the start of it when it first started happening, it would often come um, when I was going to bed. And that's a very common thing that, you know, you, when you've got anxiety, you, you try and busy your mind, you try and um, distract yourself from it. So in the day, if you're, you're, if you're doing stuff, then you don't really have to think about yourself and, 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 you know, cause I've got health anxiety. I worry about my health all the time, you know? So I, um, so, but when I was going to bed, when, there was nothing else to do but to go asleep. My mind would still be racing, 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 and I couldn't sleep. And I was, I would, you know, again, I would think, oh shit, you know, I'm dying. I thought I, I thought I had MS, you know, multiple yeah. sclerosis. I thought I was having seizures. I thought I had a like. So it ended up um, me uh, being put on these drugs um, 
a drug called citalopram, which is an SSRI. And it's a common thing. Um, it, what it does is it um, stops your um, brain from losing serotonin. It doesn't create more serotonin. Ser- serotonin is the happy um, chemical that makes you feel, yep, feel, yeah. feel happier. So I had that um, gradually felt all right and stopped, stopped the drugs. And then about 10 years later, um, and this is when, um, actually, so I know Tommy through, um, an ex girlfriend who's still a friend of mine, Alex, and I was camping at a festival. Um, and, and I, uh, it sounds really weird. sounds really bizarre, but I, I was on this, um, inflatable bed and one of the, um, slats where the air went in the middle of the night, um, it came out, the air came out. And it woke me in the middle of the night. And because I'd had a load of drink and I'd been up and it was it me my birthday and, and you know, it just, for some reason, I, I, it gave, I had a panic attack there and then. I think because I was sort of physically feeling sort of low. Um, and so I had this panic attack again. And then again, it put me this like long spell of, of um, this time round, my neck would seize up because my, my panic, uh, my anxiety really um, uh, manifest itself physically. So I would get this really sort of stiff neck to the point where I couldn't even turn my head. Um, and, um, I would be, and this is a common, another common thing for me. I'll be at the computer and my brain would, I'd get these headaches so strong. Um, I had it at this point, I had a headache so I was getting these headaches so badly. I went to the doctors and demanded that, um, that I had a, an MRI scan because I thought that I'd had, a, I'd, I'd got an aneurysm or, or, yeah. or a brain tumor. Um, so again, it's a very sort of physical, you know, so again, they put me on drugs and again, it went, um, and then five years later. So this is my latest. So this is almost up to date. I know, I'm wittering on for no, a while. No, no, please, Karen. I think, like, you know, we said we'd like to do the backstories. Yeah, yeah. So mine's quite a long backstory, but I'm ne- we're nearly there. Sorry, listeners, if you're if you're <laughs> if you're falling asleep. Uh, our one listener. <laughs> Which is Captain Anxiety. Well. Captain Anxiety. He's almost done, guys. <laughs> Go on, Cap. Go on, I'm boring, Cap. I'm boring myself here. <laughs> anyway, um, so my latest one, I went to Malawi because I um I'm a cameraman um by by day um an editor and I went to Malawi to film this festival and I got really bad food poisoning out there where I couldn't hold anything in. I couldn't even hold water in. Um, and again, I got really ill and this is a common thing for me. If I get really ill and my body is sort of weakened, mm. then it suddenly flips out. And then I had a panic attack. It's really weird. I went to the London film festival. I was in the middle of Leicester square and I was feeling like my back was aching. And, you know, so I, went, I was in the middle of, Leicester Square and I got this panic had this panic attack and I couldn't move and I was stuck in Leicester Square for about an hour whereby I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't I felt like I couldn't breathe I was just stuck there and in the end um I I I called a cab and got home and I thought sod this it's happened again so rather than look at the root causes. I rang the doctor, demanded, I, t- I told them what drugs I wanted. And I said, look, I want these drugs. And I was on them again. And I felt lo and behold, yeah. I felt better again because it does, you know, they, they do sort of help, help you out. But then I sort of thought to myself, no, come on, you're just plastering over something that's sort of underlying. So I decided to come off the drugs and try and take a more organic approach, um, which is where I, I'm at now is like, I'm, you know, you mentioned the meditation and yeah. So it's meditation, yeah. getting out into nature, um, reading before I go to sleep, switching my phone off, um, trying to talk to people more, try, you know, trying to interact with people more, um, trying to understand what's happening uh, with me. Um, the unfortunate side effect that I've got at the moment is, you know, for someone with health anxiety, I've got a, um, oh yeah, and seeing, seeing a therapist as well. So I'm seeing a, yeah. um, a therapist at um, uh, 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 in central London. And, and that I have to say does really help. It does really help just, you know, even if you think nothing's happening, cause like, you know, you might expect a therapist to sort of give you all the answers, but just talking and just, you know, re- and how often are you seeing your therapist? Uh, once a week. Yeah. Nice. I've, yeah. I've, I've just, I've just, I've just started actually, but, um, 
uh, because my, yeah, like I was saying, the unfortunate thing that's happened to me this year is um, I've had this um, gut problem, which I think might be from the food poisoning or, or whatever. It might have been from before that, but I've got this um, problem whereby um, like I, I get these, I wake up like feeling like I've got a hangover. I get bloated and have these weird things. So I got, I went eventually, I, I you know, I, I went to a nutritionist who put me on this diet, which um, made me lose about uh, nearly a stone in weight and made me feel really down and weak. And then the anxiety started coming back in again because I was thinking, you know, I was feeling really physically weak again. Yeah. So then I went to the doctors. They said, go and see a bloody, go and see an, a gastroenterologist, you know, and in NHS, I had to wait four months, went there, gave me a colonoscopy, put the old camera up that me ass. Oh my um, gosh. They found, they found inflammation of my intestines. Um, and I'm at the point now they've, so they've sent me a letter. They've told me what, that I've got something wrong with me, but I've got to wait until January for them to, for, to go in again to sort out. So for someone with health anxiety, it's yeah, just, the waiting game, that's yeah. definitely no good for anxiety, is it? No. And oh so, my gosh. But I'm determined 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 not to be defined by anxiety and not to have it all my life i put a lot of pressure on myself to sort of get rid of it um which i shouldn't do um but i'm a firm believer that the brain is something that is that is you know constantly changing you know that people talk about this thing called neuroplasticity have you heard of that i've not i've not so neuroplasticity is so the brain the neurons in the brain um, or, you know, can be changed so you can rewire your brain. So, um, you know, rather than say I'm a anxious person and that's it, you know, I don't want to say that about, I don't oh. want that to be my story. And I feel like through doing various things and hopefully like this podcast could be one of those things. Um, <clears throat> I can, um, you know, not become that sort of person. It does affect my everyday life. It affects, I, I think about it all the time. I think about my health all the time. I think about being anxious all the time. I don't think about panic attacks anymore because I understand what they are. And I don't, yeah. I don't but um, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. I, I tell you, you know, to think about your health and be anxious about your health every day is not only exhausting, but it's boring and it, yeah. yeah. And it does bring me down, you know, I, um, you know, you talked about not being yourself, <clears throat> you know, I, when you're constantly thinking about your health all the time and modifying your behavior, like not wanting to go to that social thing or not wanting yeah. to meet up with people, um, because you're a bit, cause that day or that week, you're not feeling so good. Um, it's, you know, and I'm a, so you're a social, but I'm a social person and it does bring you down, you know, yeah. really, really, you know, really does bring you down. And, and this year, because it's been quite a constant thing, you know, it has sort of, it, it has sort of put me in a few sort of low points. I wouldn't say like depression, uh, you know, but definitely put me in a few sort of low points, but, um, <clears throat> so I've got the frog in my throat as that's well. That's all right. That's all right. <clears throat> so go, going back, when was the last time you had an episode, would you say? You said that you've you've been you've you're not so worried about the panic attacks now as you you know what they are. So I feel like you're, you're more equipped to deal with them. Yeah, is that am I correct in saying? That? Oh, definitely. No, I understand what they are. You know, I'm I'm, I'm definitely. I'm, but if you're talking about when last time I had an anxious episode, I would say um, about an hour and a half ago. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was because oh, I I was with my um, yeah maybe the wrong idea, but I had my therapy session just before I came here. Okay. And uh we were talking about something in my past in my in my childhood and um I started to uh, I got like a dry mouth. I had like he like my head I was having headaches. I was having yeah. shooting pain in my head. My I was f feeling really lightheaded and I said to her I need to get get some water, you know. I I I couldn't I couldn't be in the room with her. I couldn't, you know. So, wow. Yeah. Um I'm not saying um but I, I remain really, really sort of hopeful. Um, you, you know, I, I read a book called, um, uh, that, that's called lost connections and I'd recommend that book to anyone. Um, and the, the sub subtitle is, um, under, um, undercover, uh, uncovering the real causes of anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And it's saying that, yeah, drugs work for certain people and great, you know, but, 
they are a sticking plaster. And what we really need to do is look at what the root causes are. And for um, the writer, I can't even remember his name, Johan something. I can't even remember his name. It's terrible. Um, just look up Lost Connections. For him, you know, he, he divides it into sort of um, a number of categories. And, you know, anything from, uh, it could be genetics. It could be um, stress, uh, like a, like a, uh, like a traumatic event that's yeah. happened in the past, but it could also be things like what you talk about, um, uh, like, uh, not being satisfied at work because he, cause he, um, he says it never underestimate the effect that can have on you going into the same place every day and feeling like you're not, um, you know, especially when you're doing a job where you're not valued, what effect that has on your psyche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he also talks about not having sort of friends or family around you to bounce off and, and, and talk to. He also says that as, as a society, we don't get out into nature enough. You know, we, 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 we go from A to B on public transport. We look at these digital devices all the time, you know, and part of our, part of us, as human beings, you know, we need to be out in, 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 in nature. So, you know, he suggests just getting outside. And another really big thing is exercise because, you know, we become, we've become these sacks of flesh that go from the couch, you know, yeah. or, all right, we might do our spin class or whatever, you know, yes. but, but, um, all right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm not, look, if you do spin and you're listening to this, I'm not, you know, I'm not, putting spin down <laughs> but what i'm saying is some some, some people do exercise in, in in a quite a destructive way they go right must go to the gym they go to the gym they go on the spin class and yeah. come back home i'm talking about exercise as in going for a walk and get your getting your body moving you know and, and maybe joining a tango class or yeah. a, or, or doing squash uh, that you know a bit of, try and tr fully agree fully agree i mean there's there's nothing like actually getting some fresh air into your lungs and you know you know, running, having a run, going to the park, you know, doing something like that. I really, I can a hundred percent say that I agree with you in that sense. Yeah. It is an amazing, like it does wonders for your head. It does wonders for your, you know, how you're feeling. And like you, you spoke about like serotonin levels and stuff like that, just getting out, getting some fresh air. It really is, you know, definitely a top tip. One of the best sort of therapies is exercise. Agreed. Agreed. But but anyway, just just to take you know the, the, a plus side, just to take us bang up to date. You know, I'm I'm you know I'm quite proud of myself that I've haven't because there are there have times I've wanted to do. It. I'm quite proud that I haven't resorted back to taking medication. My my default thing to sort of not that there's you know if you do take medication, I'm not trying to make you feel bad about doing that because it works. It really does work for for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some arguments that there's a sort of placebo effect, but it, you know, it really does work. And if you're in a real funk, you know, and it's the first time it, for, for me, it took me like four, like 15 years, three different, um, episodes of anxiety and panic attacks to realize that, you know, to get out of that cycle, yeah. I don't, you know, I shouldn't have this sticking plaster of drugs, but you know, if you're that's, if you're that person that takes the drugs, you know, keep doing it. But what I'm saying is, um, you know, look at the areas of your life that you feel like, um, are causing, uh, you to not live the best life that you could. Yeah. Now I'm not saying, you know, when I say the best life you could, I'm not saying money and having all this stuff, you know, we're obsessed with having stuff all yeah. the time, you know? Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is, you know, like how often do you get out? How often do you exercise? How, how, how often do you get away from your device? You know, switch it off, have a digital free day. I mean, there's me preaching that, you know, I'm a big phone addict, you know, I'm always looking at my bloody phone. But you're, sh you're saying, you know, you're, th you're sharing things that will have worked for you. That yeah. have helped yeah. you to feel better. Like yeah. what I was saying earlier. And meditation. God, tell us about your, the, yeah. Cause that, cause that really, that's really good. Yoga and meditation. Uh, I will never ever sort of, ever again underestimate the power of quiet just you know being alone with your thoughts also sort of trying to mind and manage because there's a difference between being alone with your thoughts and allowing yourself to spiral into negativity you know but actually sort of sitting there in the calm breathing breathing in and sort of 
I sound like an absolute hippie. And like <laughs> no, I said, you don't, like you I don't. said, you know, had you have said to me five years ago <laughs> that I'd be talking about yoga meditation and you know, what is it? I would have been like, you're off your nelly, mate. But um yeah, breathing, you know, inhaling all the positivity that you want and exhaling all the negativity, you know, focusing on the positives, affirmations as well while you're doing it, you know. For me, it's telling myself I'm confident, I'm successful, you know, and I'm happy. And then when I'm sort of breathing out, expelling negativity, self-doubt, you know, self-loathing, just getting rid of it and just throwing it away. And, you know, how that is like re you said about retraining your brain. And this really is a massive part of, you know, what is and, you know, can I just touch back on what you said about, you know, if people are still using medication and it's working for you, then, you know, I think I'm echoing what you said. Don't stop. If it's working for you and it's keeping you on the right path, carry on. But I think what we're saying is we're trying to sort of say that, you know, I think you, I like how you said it. It's like a, it's a bandaid. It's a sticking plaster and it is, but, you know, like you, I went more natural, you know, I thought, Partying is not helping. Drinking is not helping. You know, we, you know, all the sort of things of the flesh are not helping. So it, there has to be something different, and hence why the, you know, the reading, reading positive stuff. You know, learning how to change your mindset, seeing things slightly differently, and even slightly differently. I'm, I'm not saying sit there lying to yourself like, oh my god, my life is great, but just being like, actually, you know what, today. Went to work. I laughed a bit today. It was wicked. You know, I've come home. I've had a meal. The kids have made me laugh. Sweet. Or, and having something to look forward to. My goodness. Like I said, I was so, so nervous about coming in, talking and sharing what we're sharing today. I really was. And can I just also say kudos to you again for coming and doing this after your therapy session and having, I had no idea. You kept that one quiet from me, man, but absolutely respect for showing up and manning up you know absolute respect and um that's it yeah i mean i don't know how long we've been going off so, sorry one <laughs> thing i was going to say was um you touched upon very slightly there was diet which is one thing we didn't mention get don't eat shit you know <laughs> you are what you eat this is yeah sugar absolutely. sugar all that crap you're and and you're like a vegan now aren't well you? yeah this i think this is another story for maybe next week but yeah i've definitely made some changes in my diet veganism is what i'm doing now um yeah so i've gone from <laughs> eating ham sandwich ham and cheese sandwiches in the morning eating like a bacon butter for 11s is steak dinner at night to actually you know on a plant-based, I say like a, I'm a 95% vegan because occasionally I slip up, I'll eat a bit of chocolate or something, but um, yeah, it is a, it's a massive change, but I think maybe we'll dive more into that a bit later. Yeah. Ne another. Next time, next week. I mean, you know, whether it's next week or in next two weeks or whatever. Um, so yeah, let, let's, let's, let's uh, wrap it up because we're, because we've gone, we're about 48 minutes in. So um uh, with time flies when you're having fun, mate. I I can't believe it has gone so quickly. It's been great. I've really yeah. enjoyed so, talking. So 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 um, we hope. Um, well, firstly, that you you've got some an idea about uh, of us, um, our stories, and also you've got a few little tidbits for stuff that can help. Um, the hope is that we can, um, like I say, get some like a third person in. Because uh, pretty soon, you know, people are going to get fed up with just listening to the two of us. <laughs> We've run out of stories. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, um, so what I would say is um, get in touch. Um, if you've got a, a story um, now, I mean, if you're going through absolute hell at the moment, um, I would say don't get in touch because you need some help. And neither of us, we might have doctor depression there, yeah. but he's not a real doctor. And, Definitely not. And Definitely. so, so I would say, I would say the first thing to do is to get some help. Speak to your, you know, speak to your GP. They can put you through to the sort of um, mental, or or speak yeah. to Mind, um, which are a great charity for mental health. If you're in a real funk, then Samaritans. Uh, I can recommend um, if you haven't got 
if you're a sort of low cost, you haven't got a lot of money and you want to pay for counselling because um, um, your local NHS isn't um, uh, providing a good enough service. In London, there's a, a thing called Waterloo Community Counselling, which are really good, is, uh, which is um, I can recommend that. But anyway, um, but it but um, so, yes, so just try and get some help. But if you've got a story um, that you think is worth saying and specifically more importantly um if you've got a success story whereby you um beat your problem or at least you're dealing with it in a certain way yeah. and stuff that's really helped then we want to hear from you definitely because i just think you know the whole point of this is realizing that you know there's the slogan it's okay not to be okay and i had a big thing about this the other day and you know i caused a bit of controversy with what something that i posted on my page but um I just think, you know, talk about it, you know, for one of the turning points for me was actually sitting down with my wife and saying, it's not right. I'm not right. And, you know, you'd be surprised at how understanding a lot of people can be, you know, so definitely, definitely get help. And but like Andy said, if you do have a story that, you know, might inspire others and, you know, you think will add value. And even if you just, we can help one person or, you know, your story could help one person. I think it's worth sharing and we definitely would love to hear it. Definitely. And I can't even believe I'm saying this. And if you are a woman, right? <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> if you're a woman. Is it the He-Man Woman Haters Club from the Little Rascals? <laughs> if you are a woman. And you've got a story to tell about men's mental health or, mm. or, or, you know, like a husband or a father or something that, on, that... my phone's going, I think it's my wife. Oh, is, is that... it? She's, she's, uh, she's got a story to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of course, you know, we're not, we're not allergic to, to women being in the studio, uh, with no, us as well. Right. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, the, it is man up. It is about men's mental health. Um, we have been Andy and Tommy will speak to you or no, you, well, we'll speak to you and you'll listen to us hopefully yeah. next time. And we'll definitely drop a link or something for you to get in touch somewhere. And uh, yeah, we look forward to it. Thank you very much for listening. Ciao. Oh, hold on.